I'm a founding director of the Community Power Agency. We're a workers' co-op, and interestingly enough, at present, we're an all-women's workers' co-op in the energy sector, which is actually pretty extraordinary. Um, when we go to events, we tend to be surrounded by rather old male engineers. Um, so <laughs> it's a great space to be in. Um, I just want to start by saying that I'm in no way a techno-utopian. Um, I don't believe that technology will solve our problems and, um, and mean that we don't need to face really systemic and entrenched issues like racism and patriarchy and capitalism. Um, but what I do see with renewable energy is an enormous opportunity to recreate um, some of the patterns of production and ownership. So with renewable energy is the potential to distribute our energy generation, to bring it closer to where we use it, um, and to transform the parameters of ownership and control in a way that helps everyday people participate in decision-making around energy and the type of energy future we want and the way that contributes to our vision for what a vibrant, more just world is. Um, so the Community Power Agency was founded seven years ago um, with a colleague of mine, Nikki Eisen, and our vision is to support communities to establish their own renewable energy assets and of all kinds. Um, because of the sort of difficult operating environment, difficult policy and regulatory environment, we also do a lot of advocacy um, and a lot of business model innovation to figure out ways that communities can fit in um, and transform this sector that really is very highly regulated and very, um, at present, very consolidated into very large companies owning very large assets and, and what we're trying to do is completely revolutionise that. Um, so communities are seeking new ways to engage with energy um, and this is taking a real diversity of forms. Um, so it's everything from supply side projects about using renewable technologies to generate renewable electricity but also demand, what we call demand side projects that are all about rethinking how we use electricity and making sure we're using it efficiently and we're reducing our use as well as thinking about where it's coming from. Um, and then there's also innovations around um, the, the markets, the renewable energy markets, how we buy and sell electricity and who participates in that. So all of these things are helping to open up um, energy as a side of ethical decision making where we're able to think about how our choices influence other people and the, the, the social equity in that system as well as the environmental impacts. Um, Renewable energy development in Australia has largely taken place at two scales. Um, so we're doing very well at a household level. We're in a lot of parts of Australia, we're really world leading in terms of how many households have solar PV. We now have, that's an out of date figure. It's now almost 2 million solar roofs. Um, we also have an increasing number of quite large utility scale um, <coughs> wind and solar generators. And of course, we've had very large hydro for a long time. But it's really this scale in the middle that has been missing and I think um, we feel has a very important role to play in the social context in which energy transformation happens because it's about involving communities of people and connecting them to energy and energy issues. 
So this scale in between is where we do our work, everything from a few kilowatts um, up to a few megawatts, but it's sort of distinguished by being in between the household and, and the large corporate scale. Um, it takes a range of forms across the, the full spectrum of technology, so communities are coming together to own small-scale solar farms, wind farms, micro-hydro projects, bioenergy projects. Um, in Australia, they're mostly electricity projects, but certainly in Europe, there's a lot of um, heat projects, community heating projects, so it's energy in all, in all its forms. Um, in terms of using the energy, again, some of the systems are what we call behind the meter. So you're installing, say, panels on this roof and it's all used within the building. It's not crossing the threshold of the meter and jumping into the grid. But some projects are in front of the meter, so they're feeding all of their electricity into the meter. They're selling it to the national electricity market and they're earning an income from doing that. Um, so there's really a b really broad range of business models that exist in this space. Um, and and part of that too is a diversity of legal structures that, um, that they're delivered through. I'm going to talk today through, very quickly, I'll talk you through six different types of community energy interventions that are being led by cooperatives. Um, just to give you a sense of the diversity, but also the, the particular and important role that cooperatives are playing. So, um, who was it earlier? It was um, Ariel who had three Ds of something or other. I've got four Ds of, <laughs> of community-owned renewable energy. Um, two of them are the same, the other two are not. Um, so, of course, they decarbonise our electricity sources by being renewable. They decentralise community-owned energy projects, decentralise energy generation by virtue of being based in local communities and relevant to the scale of local energy needs. Um, they help to democratise the energy system by creating active con constituents in the energy market, people who are participating in energy decisions, participating in owning energy assets and in benefiting from those assets. Um, and it's playing a role in demonstrating and helping to demystify renewable energy technology. Um, as well as demonstrating alternative business models and the, the potential power that exists in communities coming together to collectively solve identified problems. So um, these are a few of the different sites of intervention that we've identified that communities are active in, um, in terms of transforming the energy system. Um, so everything from working with households, bringing them together to, to run a bulk buy and install of solar um, and along the way doing education programs up and, you know, in all, all, a whole range. And, and I'll talk through examples of each of these different kinds of interventions. Um, so the, the Energy Innovation Co-op, these, these guys are a great co-op down in Victoria. Um, and what they've been doing is they've, um, they've set up a revolving loan fund. So they, we can see this as um, working at the scale of community buildings. So they get donations from members of their community. Um, they use that to install solar systems on the roof of a community building. So, um, so far they've done one on uh, an artist's owned 
building, you know, where, where artists co-create things, um, and a kindergarten. And those um, systems are paid off over time as the, the owners of the building save money on their electricity. And that goes into a revolving loan fund that then circulates through and, and funds the next install. So that's um, one example. Another example, some of you based in Sydney or some of you might have heard of Pingala or even be a member of Pingala. Has anyone heard about Pingala before? Yeah, cool. So they're, they're another great cooperative and they started by installing, they've, they've done two installations now on commercial buildings, so in partnership with local breweries where the Pingala co-op um, issues a share offer and raises money from its members and uses that to install solar system on the roof of the brewery. The brewery is a big energy user, they need a lot of heat. They purchase all that electricity from the co-op um, and the co-op uses that income to pay for its costs and then also to, to pay a return to its members. Um, Pingala is now expanding into all other sorts of very amazing ideas. Um, so that's, that's an example of community energy on working with a, a commercial building. The Sydney Power Cooperative, they don't actually, they're not active anymore, but they played a really important role in the early days of households installing solar, the fairly early days of households installing solar in the early 2000s. Um, and their business model was to, to bulk, really bulk buy solar, get it as cheap as possible and work with community organisations to do a bulk install on, um, on households. So in Newcastle, um, they installed half a megawatt of energy. Um, and, and this was really instrumental to people being able to access solar in the early days when it, the price hadn't dropped significantly yet. Um, so that's a, an example of a market level intervention led by a cooperative. Um, Hepburn Wind is probably the most famous cooperative in the community energy space. Um, is there anyone here who hasn't heard about Hepburn Wind? Yeah, okay, I'll talk through it quickly. It's a really awesome cooperative. I'm, I'm a member. Um, it's got 2,000 members, most of whom are local people to the area of Dalesford in Victoria. Together, they, they, um, the members, we, raised $9 million to install two turbines. Um, and these two wind turbines on the edge of town produce the equivalent energy needs for 2,000 local homes, which is the, the population of nearby Dalesford and Victoria and um, Hepburn Springs. Um, the electricity they produce is fed into the grid and sold into the national electricity market. And that income, that surplus, goes back primarily, like the first preference is to benefiting the local community through a community grant fund and then also back to members. Um, so it's, no, it's a pretty impressive scale project. Um, that's what I would call a, a community scale project because it's, it's producing really the equivalent of local energy needs. Um, this is a different model again in central western New South Wales. Um, so this is a cooperative that's seeking to partnership, par uh, that is in partnership with a corporate developer that's setting up a, a big wind farm, 110 megawatt wind farm, and the community cooperative will own an equivalent of one turbine in that larger wind farm. So providing a means for local people to co-own larger investments and to connect that wind farm into the local community in a different way. 
Um, and I'm sure lots of you have also heard of Earthworker. This is the final example I'll use. Earthworker is a um, again, I'd classify it as being an intervention into the market. It's a workers' own co-op, and they're producing um, they're produ producing solar hot water systems um, down in Morwell in Victoria. Uh, so, really inspiring role that cooperatives, you know, communities are playing together by coming together and forming cooperatives, and really leading a whole range of innovations in terms of how energy is produced and used and thought about and integrated into our social world. Um, so some common features to all of these cooperative things, I think, unite them. They provide a means for collective action on an issue of concern or an identified need. So sometimes it's, you know, workers in need of work. It might be regional communities wanting to find a an independent source of funding for them to be able to fund important projects. It might be um, action on climate change in the absence of strong state leadership. Lot, lots of different potential motivations. They all increase people's awareness and engagement with energy issues by virtue of involving a lot of people in the cooperatives. Um, and through that involvement and participation increase levels of connection between people and technology people, members of the co-op and each other, um, and, and also people and the concept of energy. And all of those things I think are really valuable. Um, it also creates a new community asset in more than one way. So you not only have you got a local source of energy generation, you've got a new platform, a new institution in the community that's built up um, a whole bunch of capacity and knowledge um, and, and has become a vehicle for being able to, to take collective, to collective action. Um, and of course, it involves people in democratic governance. And that point of democratic governance is one of the reasons why we, one of the real strengths we see in the cooperative. And as Anne said, it, when I was doing my PhD, I didn't come as an expert in co-ops. Um, and it was interesting for me to hear, I mean, Anne was saying, you know, it's a hotbed of learning how cooperatives can help people learn democratic capacity, learn how to, to be active citizens. Um, and, and I really found that in studying cooperatives through my PhD. I think that's a really powerful point that goes back to what Raywan was saying yesterday morning, um, of needing new ways, not only to distribute power, by giving people a say in these types of enterprises and thereby a say in our collective energy future, but also by educating them in how to participate, and that has ripple effects. Um, so I have it on the next slide. But anyway, these are just some points about why we feel the cooperative form is particularly useful in the context of community energy. Um, and it's, it's that ability to embed social and environmental purposes into the constitution. Um, and that protects it, that makes it legally binding, that makes it a requirement that this organisation will behave in a way that does these things. Um, they are really very flexible in that you're allowed to have an unlimited number of members and raise an unlimited amount of money. So having 2,000 members and raising $9 million, no problem for Hepburn Wind. Um, 
the ability to balance the need to get investment from your members to build really significant capital um, infrastructure projects. So the reality is you're going to need to offer a return of some kind to them. But being able, having the ability to balance that with your social and environmental motivations. Um, so all of these things help to keep governance in the hands of the people who have an active interest in the life and the purpose of the enterprise. Um, and that has significant outcomes for helping to ground and protect those, those ethics over time. My final slide. Um, we see that the cooperative structure and member participation is really important in creating that space for democratic learning, um, but also for political mobilisation. So we've seen in the co-ops that, that we're involved with that their level of awareness has translated into also um, wanting to participate in informal policy processes around the renewable energy target review, um, around climate change policy. So it's got that, that outward focus as well. Um, yeah, so I guess I would summarise by saying that, that community-owned renewable energy cooperatives are form, forms of organising an economy that involve rethinking power relations and the role of the grassroots in creating economy and in being able to meet our everyday, everyday needs. Um, yeah.